This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. Glad you could be with us. It is December 13th, 2021. Um, welcome back to the show. We are doing an interesting diversion this December. I'm just calling it Conversations with Family. So last week, if you remember, or if you were with us, you got to hear my oldest daughter, Allie, talk about a topic that she's passionate about. So we talked about all things climate change, global warming, environment, all that good stuff. And this week, I get to chat with my wife again. So welcome, Tammy, back to the podcast. I'm back. I guess I said I might be. And wow, that didn't take long. Here I am again. <laughs> I told you we had lots of good things yeah, to talk I about. Guess. So this is just the first of many. Um, yeah. So welcome back to the podcast. Um, how are things? They're good. Things are, it's December. So... Things are crazy, right? I think December gets crazy for everybody, but I think maybe this year it might be even a little more at a different level because last December we weren't doing much because of the pandemic and things were pretty shut down. And so work is crazy when you work for a nonprofit. It, December is, you know, go month. Um, so, and Christmas is coming. We had Thanksgiving, but I'm looking forward to having our whole family back together um, in just a few short weeks. So both of our girls will be back for winter break, and it will be the first time since August that we've had the yeah, five of us in the house true. together. It has been a hot minute yeah. since we've all been together in the same house. Yeah, it'll be like four months. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait, actually. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, we're going to forego the minute of transparency as today's show is going to basically be all about transparency. So the only thing I would say is that transparently speaking, I'm interested to see where this episode goes in the first place, because this is a conversation that we talked about having, but we didn't do a lot of prep for this. It's not like <laughs> we sat down and decided what we were going to say. Uh, ahead of time. So this is a pretty transparent conversation about something we went through um, back in what, 2015, 16-ish, somewhere in there. Um, 16. 16, yeah. So today's topic is transcending the long-distance relationship. That should give you a hint as to where we're headed and, and what we're going to be talking about. But here's what I was thinking. So i I decided to do a little bit of research just to kind of throw this into the mix before we really get into our conversation. So I did some research on long distance relationships just to kind of get some like a foundation on what it is and how it affects people and stuff like that. So I found three lists and I found them, actually they're videos, but the videos kind of lay out 
these short little like top seven things, top five things, that, that kind of a thing. So the website is called psych2go.net and I would really recommend it. It's a lot of fun, short little animated videos that that really quickly explain um, just some, some random and common psychological concepts. So the three that I found that fit our conversation are the seven stages of a long distance relationship, five signs that one is right for you, and then five signs that it is not right for you. So I'm just gonna read through these real quick and then we'll just kind of use these as I guess, kind of a, a foundation for what we talk through when we talk through our stories. So to start, to start out, seven stages of a long distance relationship. And I think they did this research on college students because uh, it listed that over 75% of college students will most likely be in a long distance relationship. So very interesting research that they did in this population. So stage number one is the decision, obviously, to leave or to not leave. Um, stage number two is the actual parting. So when you decide and then you actually leave. Three is the transition. And in the transition, there's a, a sense of denial. There's a usually a lot of contact um, right before you leave just to kind of, you know, make up for lost time, that sort of thing. Number four is realization. So after you've been apart for a little while, um, some of the feelings of like sadness and depression and some of those things can creep in. Stage number five is jealousy. And this is listed as one of the most negative, common, uh, common emotions, negative emotions that people found or that they reported on the, um, the research jealousy, especially with social media, you know, seeing your significant other on social media, having fun doing things. Um, it can very, be very easy to get jealous. Uh, number six is doubt. So you start to potentially have relational uncertainty, and this can grow kind of based on the amount of time that you have been apart. And then finally, validation. And the way they talked about this validation stage is basically that it's when when couples believe in the relationship and they believe that they're doing it for the right reason, they'll return to this sense of validation over and over and over again when they start to feel doubt or they start to feel sad um, and it'll keep them going because <clears throat> they basically know that they're doing the right thing if it's not going to work out it usually ends in stage six when there's the doubt that that creeps in so those are the stages and obviously these are college students so you have to factor in that most of them are in dating relationships they're not married there's no like long sense of commitment or agreed upon commitment there uh, next up, five signs that a long-distance relationship is right for you. So number one, if you are not afraid of the future and kind of have confidence in your in your partner. Two, if there's a high level of trust. So if you're in a relationship where there's a lot of honesty and communication and you understand each other, that's a good thing. Uh, number three, you have similar goals. So if you if you have similar expectations going into it and similar expectations about the future, that's helpful. Number four, you and your partner are committed. So if you have kind of already agreed um, and you're, you're able to remain committed, that's helpful. And then finally, if your relationship is a priority. So if you kind of are putting your relationship over other big things in your life, like your career or um, other people, stuff like that, then there's a good chance you will make it through a long distance relationship. 
And then the last list is five signs that it is not right for you. So sign number one, you rely heavily on physical intimacy in order to feel close to your partner. Number two, you're already facing communication problems in your relationship even before the long distance. Number three, you haven't had difficult conversations yet. So this would be more for people who are dating uh, if they hadn't had the difficult conversations about marriage, children, where they want to live in the country, stuff like that. Number four, you get jealous easily. And number five, you've already had second thoughts about your partner. So those are the three lists um, that I found. I thought they were interesting just given our story and the things that we're going to talk about. But right off the bat, just looking at those, what would you say? Any any reaction to those lists? Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean... Like you said, I think it's a whole different thing when you're not in a marriage relationship, when you're not in a, you're in a dating relationship because you haven't, you know, you, you haven't made that commitment to like, okay, we've done this, we've gotten married, like this is it. So I think the things, I think long distance relationships could be even harder because it's like, you know, it just gets to be like, well, I don't know, this is hard and this isn't the easiest thing. And so I'm just going to go find somebody that's here, you know, somebody that's close by. And it's a whole different thing if you're married or married with kids or, you know, whatever, like it just, it pulls all different dimensions into it. So, sure. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, I think the, it all makes sense. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it later, but I think the one that really caught my attention was five signs that it is not right for you Mm -hmm. because I think I've seen some of those things, even even kind of in our story. Um, but I'll talk more about that later. Sure. So. Well, I want to know what those are. Yeah, I bet you yeah. do. All right. Well, so let's just jump in then. And let's start with kind of the whole long distance relationship thing and, and whether we saw that growing up or whether we saw that in other people that we knew in our families. How, how did that go for you? Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't have any of that in my, my family that I know of that I can remember that, I mean, besides when my parents, like when I was born, which I don't remember any of it. Right. But they lived apart for six months, but I mean, I have no, yeah, no recollection of that. No idea what that was like for them. They were newly married anyways. So, and very young. So yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I didn't really have I didn't have anybody growing up that really did the whole long distance relationship thing, but you did. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think I wanted to talk about my parents the most in this scenario, just because like looking back, I remember at least one, maybe two seasons when that was the case. So when we were in the Chicagoland area, uh, my parents decided they wanted to move to Wyoming with with another group of people that were all kind of leaving the Midwest and going out to the wild, wild west to kind of start a new life and, and experience the West. And so in order for them to do that, um, my dad left, and I have no idea how long it was before we moved, but he left early and went out and started his new job. And then, um, and then we followed. So so yeah, that happened. And then I believe it happened when we moved back to Chicago, but I just can't remember how long that was. Like mm-hmm. if it was just a short period of time or if it was a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's, and looking back, it's really hard probably just because of my age. I mean, I was in first grade going into second grade when it first happened. So pretty young, like, I don't know mm-hmm. that I can even recall, you know, what, what it was like, or, you know, the fact that we were, the kids were both live all three of us living, you know, with mom, dad wasn't around. Like it didn't, like, I can't remember anything mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that happened. And then, um, the crazy thing is I didn't even think about this when I was thinking through this episode, but, um, it's actually happened a lot in my family. I was just going to say, I was just I mean, my, thinking Sean. Sean. Yeah. So my brother, my <laughs> brother got married and literally lived apart long distance relationship with his, his wife for a good year. I think it was right after they got married just because she was still finishing school and he was working uh, up in upper Michigan. And so he was in the coast guard. Yeah. So that happened. And then uh, my sister, my sister and her husband both um, are over in another country and they didn't do a long distance relationship between the two of them as much as it was with their kids. Like their kids went with them and then their kids who were, pretty young. I mean, still in high school and even younger than high school, the, uh, Tanner was younger even. Um, but the kids decided to come back or at least Mm -hmm. one of them came back because Mm -hmm. she just didn't want to be there. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, kind of like a long distance relationship between parents and kids in that situation. Yeah. But you could kind of even say the same thing for you. I mean, you spent the last two years of your high school years in boarding Academy. I mean, right. Not like super long distance, but long distance enough that, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't see your parents every day. You didn't come home every night. Like true. So, wow. I guess your family just likes the long distance relationships. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe all this long distance stuff, you know, has something to do with my personality and maybe and my uh, attachment issues or whatever. Uh (laughs) That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Uh, Stick with us. We'll talk more about that some other day. So yeah, that's me. And like you said, you haven't haven't really had a lot of experience with that. Mm-hmm. Got it. But we have one of our kids who's kind of doing it now with her significant other. So right. True. She kind of fits right into that that original uh, list of college students, mm-hmm. like the stages that a college student would go through in a long distance mm-hmm. relationship. So I mean, they yeah. actually started dating long distance. So they, yeah. I mean, when they first started dating, they did long distance for three months. We just were asking her this when she was home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I think they started dating in February, she said, and he didn't come back to California until June, May, no, maybe May, I think May, May. So yeah, like three months they did, they did long distance two or three months and they're kind of doing, I mean, and they, and He's in the military, so they get to do long distance, you know, here and there. A month he's gone. He'll be gone a month here or there, and then he's getting ready to leave for an eight-month trip. So he'll be gone for eight months next year. Yeah, that's, that's, a really, that's a really interesting situation because it's not like your traditional where you met in person, you dated in person, or you're married in person, and then you go into a long-distance relationship. They literally started long distance. Though they then, knew each other. I mean, they had met in person. 
True, but very short. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, they, it wasn't like a friend group even where they hung out on a regular basis. It was more just a, an acquaintance, right? Through, yeah. Through a friend. Through a friend. I mean, they had hung out a few times. They were both in the same friend group, but that friend group, yeah, didn't do like always do things together. So they had hung out a few times and done a few things together, but yeah. yeah. So it basically started long distance mm-hmm. and then, then they had this short window of time where they saw each other every day. Mm-hmm. And then now it's back to the long distance. So mm-hmm. that would be an interesting case study to follow. Mm-hmm. It will be. <laughs> we'll, we'll have keep to you talk updated. to, her, talk to her about that. Yeah. All right. So then transitioning into our story. So this is kind of the, the reason why I wanted to do this episode, because I thought it'd be interesting to talk through our situation, how it worked for us, and then kind of talk through the the aftermath, like what what came of it, if it was good, if it was bad, um, if it was bad, what was it that was bad, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, you want to start the story or you want me to? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can tell, I can tell why, uh, like why we, why we did it. I mean, I think you've probably talked, they know we, I think maybe we talked about it in the parenting series a little bit that, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That we uh, moved to California in 2016, and we made the decision as we were processing all of that um, when the job came around in California, and we decided that we were going to take it and going to transition our lives and our kids' lives, our whole family's lives across the country. Basically, uh, part of our you know decision in that was you got a job. I think you started in like October of 2015 doing remote, doing it all remote from Indiana with, um, with the, not the assumption, but with the plan of starting in person in January of, um, 2016. Mm -hmm. And so that put us right in the middle of the school year for our kids. And so we had, um, one kid at that point that was a fifth grader. So was finishing, elementary school we had one kid that was an eighth grader finishing junior high and one kid that was a freshman in high school and so for her it really wasn't you know there was no big like change coming for her but we I think chatted with the kids and had a conversation with them and kind of let them choose and just said hey here's the options the options are dad has to go in January and we can go with dad but that's going to mean you transitioning schools in the middle of the school year and not getting to finish out. Um, or dad can go in January and we can stay in Indiana and finish out the school year and then go in June when the school year is done. And so um, I think it was just a family conversation that we had. We took their input, you know, into, into place though. I kind of, I think you and I had the conversation before we even went to them and just kind of, knew in our heads what we felt like was best. And, but we wanted to know if like where they would land and they landed in the same area that we landed. I think we had both decided, like we felt like it was probably best for them to get to finish out the school year, um, just to finish strong and to get to do all of the things that they had been looking forward to doing because they all had what, you know, they all had watched the oldest one finish out all of those stages. And so there were big things coming for the middle one that was finishing eighth grade. She had a big trip to DC. She had her eighth grade dance. She had graduation. 
you know, she had her eighth grade musical and then, you know, there's all these fifth grade things that, you know, we knew fifth grade graduation because it's transitioning from elementary school to middle school. So we knew there were like all these big things that were coming down the line for them and that they would probably want to do those things and not have to miss those things. Yeah. And then right at, at the end of school was uh, the church camp, mm-hmm. the church summer camp, mm-hmm. which was a week, a week long sleepaway yeah. camp or whatever. Yeah. And that was something that did all three of them go to that or was it only two that uh, I because Allie would have been in high school. Allie, yeah, wouldn't have been. A, did she go as a counselor? I can't remember. Two of them went, but I can't. At remember. least two of the three had. Yeah. yeah the summer camp thing that, yeah. that we knew that they would probably want to do. So yeah. that factored into it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's why we did it. That was that was the purpose. That was the reason the kids made the same decision as us and decided, yeah, that that's what they want to do. Um that they wanted to stay. So dad would go and uh, we would stay and finish out the school year and then all go. Um, so yeah, so you left in January and then we officially moved to California in the middle of June. So, but I mean, the plan in there was, you know, it would be, it, it wasn't like Daryl was gone for that entire six months. You left in January, the beginning of January, like right after the holidays. And then we flew out to see you at the end of January. It was part of our kids' Christmas gift that year was to fly out because they had, I mean, I had come out to do the interview with you in California, but our kids had never been to California. So they had no idea what they were getting themselves into. So yeah, it was like their introduction to their new home, basically. So we flew out at the end of January and spent like, I think a long weekend or something out here um, and did all sorts of fun things. And then- you, I think it was kind of a deal of, we would see, we would see you every three to four weeks. And I think that was even something like we kind of put in place with your new job out here was, Hey, you know, this is what we're going to do, but he needs the flexibility to be able to come home and do long weekends and, you know, be able to do those things. So I think from that point forward, that was the only time we came out. So then it was you coming back about every, I feel like it was about once a month. Maybe, may, I don't know. Do you remember? I feel like it was about once a month that you came back. Maybe five weeks, six weeks, sometimes in between things. But. Yeah, I mean, it even started like in 2015, like at the end of the year. I yeah, think I true. flew out to California you came out a two or three times, times yeah. to kind of get things started in California. And then, yeah. yeah, then starting in January, it was every three to four weeks, maybe five weeks at the most. There was a big chunk in there, I remember, that was yeah. like, it seemed really long. Yeah. But yeah, I would fly back out to uh to the Midwest and have a long weekend and then obviously the the last time I flew out, I think I was there for what a week or two because we had to yeah. finish packing everything up and and get ready to yeah. move. It might have been longer. And, you might have been back for like almost 3 weeks or something cuz I feel like you came back and we spent like a week packing and then we were a week in Indiana because the kids were doing camp. So you worked remotely from Indiana, I think. And then we took like three or four days to get out here. So you might've been gone like almost three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the plan. And that's, so basically like, I guess from me moving, it was what about six months Mm -hmm. total, even Mm -hmm. though we had trips back and forth and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, Mm -hmm. so six months of being apart and I guess looking back, I mean, I don't know. Have we had like 
a long drawn out serious conversation about all of this or did we <laughs> I don't even remember I think it's come up a couple times but it yeah I mean I think we've talked about it I don't I don't know that we like fully I and to be honest I can't remember it's been five years now so five and a half years which is crazy um I feel like we did like kind of after we got here and got settled, we kind of, but I don't know that we've had like a long four hour conversation about it. I think it's just been like tidbits about like this or that or here or there, or, you know, just different stuff like that. So I think, but I don't know, maybe we, again, five years, dude, I can't remember what I did Monday. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I kind of can, but I think that's partly why I wanted to do this episode is because I feel like it did come up, but it came up in very short conversations. And when it did come up, I feel like you, I feel like you had stuff in there that you really, really, really wanted to say, but you just didn't say it because I feel like, I feel like there were some things that either some things that happened or just some like emotions that started building up during that time that could easily have gotten worse, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It and just, you only feel like that was me. You don't feel like you had the same, like you didn't. No, I, I mean, I feel like I had definitely some, I don't want to call it trauma, but I definitely <laughs> had some, some really bad weeks where like emotionally, I just wasn't in a good place. Yeah. So I look back and I'm like, but I think I was just playing the, the strong dad role. Like I just, this is what we have to do. I have to do this because, you know, I'm bringing my whole family out here. So it's Mm -hmm. just the way it has to work. And Mm -hmm. so I think I just, you know, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you just get it done. Mm -hmm. And then you just stuff all that stuff down. And then it's just, it's in there somewhere, Mm -hmm. but when it comes out, who knows and how it comes out, who knows? Yeah. But I think you, you know, you let me know that some of that stuff had been happening for you but I just don't think we ever really fully talked it through. Yeah, maybe not. So let's get into that. But first let's, let's start positive. So (laughs) is there, is there positives that came from it? Like when you look at the fact that I came out here six months early, Mm -hmm. was any of that positive? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting. I think probably the, biggest positive thing I mean that I can think of right off the top of my head is that our kids got to do all of the things that we wanted them to do right they got to finish out their school year they got to finish out with their friends they got to like do all that stuff it wasn't because otherwise it literally would have been I mean we made the decision I think September I don't know maybe August Like we made, we said yes to the job. We knew we were coming. And so it would have literally been, I mean, you think about the holidays, you think about all that stuff that happens between like September and January, and it would have felt very quick. And I think been very stressful because you're trying to sell a house, get a house ready to go. You're trying to get your family packed. You're trying to finish out school. You're trying to do all your holidays. You're trying, right? Like there's all of that stuff that's trying to happen. You're trying to find a place in California and you're not even there. Like So I think it would have been super stressful. So I think that piece of it was positive that we got, the kids got to stay. They got to finish out with friends, right? They got to do all of that stuff. That's true. I do. 
like that's the first thing that pops into my head when when I think about why we decided to do it was the kids. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now that you mention it, it would have been a logistical nightmare to try to do all of that so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about being in California for six (laughs) months and having that whole time to be able to look into soccer clubs mm-hmm. and housing and all of Schools those, and, all of those different mm-hmm. things and kind of get a feel for where do we really want to live and what schools we really want our kids to be in. Like if we had to just, we, we would have just had somebody here tell us mm-hmm. and we would have had to like find a realtor and literally fly out one week and try to just grab something mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of the blue. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, yeah, that, that did play a big part yeah. of it too. Though the interesting thing, a piece about that is, so I do think that's a positive, but we've had some conversations with our kids since all of that. And I think one of the things that they have realized that they didn't even maybe put together in all of it was how hard that six months was. Like, I think in the middle of it, we were all just doing it and moving forward, but we've had a couple of them come back and say like, that six months with not having dad around was really hard. And I don't think you and I, did a very good job of checking in with them and just saying like, Hey, how are you feeling? How is this for you? Like, I know you probably miss your dad, but what is like, really, how is it? I don't think we did that. I I just think it was kind of like, this is what we're doing. We just got to do it. We're doing this for you guys. And we're just all getting through it. And it kind of just got left at that, you know? So, so I think that's the interesting piece is though we did it for them and though they're happy, I don't think they would change it necessarily. But it definitely now is a like, knowing now what I know, I may not make the same decision and say that we want to stay and have dad go. So. Yeah. No, I think that's a good conversation to switch from good to bad on because it was, it was good. It was for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think it's one of those things looking back that we didn't realize that it would have the impact it had on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it's, Probably like for me, it was just easy to think of the transition as hard on you and me. So it's like, as long as we can stay strong, as long mm-hmm. as we can figure it out and get through it, they'll be fine because they have school, they have their friends, they have their sports, like, like their life isn't changing. Mm-hmm. So it should be fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've, we've heard a little differently from them Which on that. I think for them, the reason it was probably hard or whatever the word that they would use is because we had a household that we were all together every night. I think it would be different if you were in a house where like one of the parents traveled on the regular, right? Or Mm -hmm. there was a work situation where maybe somebody wasn't home every night for dinner. And so there was this, a lot of a, sometimes mom's just there for days and days and days on end and dad's, you know, whatever, but we didn't have that. We had a situation in our house where you were home every day. You were, we were all at the dinner table every night. You ran the kids, you coached soccer, you coached hockey. I mean, you know, you did all of that stuff. You were very in, involved in all of the family stuff that happened. And so that was, that was their norm. That's what they were used to. They were used to having two parents, everybody there, everybody around. And so it went from that to just having one parent around. And so I think some of that is the, like that transition for them of like, wait a minute, this isn't at all what we're used to and how this works and what this means, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I think it could be different if, if they had always grown up with their parent, not necessarily being home for dinner every night, just because of, again, work or something like that. So, yeah. 
All right. Well, let's keep talking about the kids a little bit. So I need to keep the, I need to make sure that I don't just drift off into a different conversation, which is what our kids feel like moving to California did to them, because that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Doesn't have, yeah. But thinking back, so then let's keep it just focused on what, how they were impacted by the long distance thing. Mm -hmm. So start with the oldest. What do you think? What have you heard from her or what do you think? Yeah, to be honest, which isn't surprising, but I've probably heard from what I feel like I've probably heard the least amount from her um, of the impact that it had or how she felt about it. I mean, I think I think she would say it wasn't her favorite thing, but she was also already in high school at that point. Her life had already kind of started this like new trajectory, right, of like now friends are becoming really important and that's what life is about. And you're already starting to detach from your parents and pull away. And so she had kind of already started that. And she'll tell you that like middle school for her were like the best years of her life. Like, it's funny to hear our kids talk about that. She thinks like, she's like, I was like thriving in middle school. So it's really funny to hear her <laughs> talk about it. But so I think for her, yeah, I don't, I haven't heard a ton from her about it. I haven't really heard an impact, how she really felt about it or that she felt like it was, I mean, I don't think she felt like it was like, oh, that was the best thing ever, but I don't necessarily know that she would say it was the worst thing ever. I think she's just kind of neutral about it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Would you say different? No, I would agree. I think with her being as independent as she is and she did have a, uh, a friend, friend mm-hmm. group and, and there was busy. soccer and mm-hmm. yeah, all the different things. So mm-hmm. yeah, and trying to figure out high school, right? Like, so you're a freshman and just trying to finagle all of that. And so you're just a little more self-absorbed and, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So then Rachel, middle child, eighth grade, finishing up eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I've heard her say it was one of the hardest years that she had. So, um, she hasn't, I don't know that she's put exact words to like why exactly it was so hard. Um, but I mean, I, th- I think for her, I mean, that was the year I think that she started having, I'm pretty sure it was that year. Yeah. That she started having like stomach aches all the time. And so I think that started like right after you left and she would just constantly have stomach aches. And I remember taking her, I think I took her to the doctor. I don't think it was for that. I think that might've been for something else. I can't remember. Maybe it was for that. And I remember talking to him and her, you know, just saying like, Hey, she has these stomach aches all the time. And we hadn't told him yet that we were moving. And, um, you know, I, I'm just trying to get a feel for that and figure out if maybe there's something going on. And he just kind of asked a few questions. And then one of the questions he asked was like, well, are you under a lot of stress? Like, is there change? Is there, has something changed? Is there change coming? And then it was like, ding, 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 ding. That's what it is. So, and it literally, I think was all just related to, it was that transition for her of like, I have this good group of friends. I have this set group of friends, but it's all going to change. So it's like, what do I do with that? And the funny thing is that she had another friend in her friend group that was also moving. So it was like her and another girl were both going different directions. And so it was, I think, finagling all of that. And how do I feel about that? And do I pull away? Do I not pull away? What is it going to mean? What is it going to look like? Um, And then I think just not having, having our family be disconnected, I think was, was hard for her. So. Yeah. She's probably been the one I've heard the most, like the most verbal about it. And then when I think back about 
like how it physically impacted her. But that, yeah, that's a little more of her, her body just does that under stress. Like it turns into her for, it turns into like physical things that her body, that's how she handles stress is stuff like that. Got it. All right. And then Tyler. So fifth grade going into sixth grade. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's really hard for me because I just immediately go to his frustration that we moved period. That's, mm-hmm. that's always been a huge thing with him. So I'm assuming that he probably didn't have a good time with me being gone because partly because I was gone, but then also just because he knew what was coming and he wasn't at all happy about it. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't Mm -hmm. think he was excited the way that the girls eventually kind of became excited about what possibilities. I don't think Rachel was excited either. Like she would now say it was the best thing we ever did for her, but um, she wasn't excited. Neither her nor Tyler. Allie was the only one in the moment that was excited about it, that thought that it could be a good thing. Um, I think probably the, the bigger impact for Ty was you were so, you were probably more heavily involved in his life than you were in the girl's life. Just when you look at the time spent, because you had coached his soccer team for like all of the, you weren't coaching his soccer team anymore at that point. Like you had stepped away and he was being coached by other people, but you were still, you had done all of that. You were the one taking him to hockey almost every single night. You know what I mean? Like not every night because he didn't go every night, but you were doing all of that. And at that stage in his hockey career, he couldn't get himself dressed by himself because he was a goalie. So mm-hmm. you weren't just taking him and dropping him off. And even you would take him, you would be in the locker room with him. You'd be undressing him, dressing him, watching the entire practice. I mean, for a while, when he first started playing, you were out on the ice with him too, right? Like, I mean, you weren't at that point, but didn't you do a little bit of coaching even with hockey, like at the very, very beginning? Or was that just more like? Yeah, when he was really little. Yeah. But by the, I mean, by the time we left, he was on a travel team yeah. and it was, it was all yeah. coached by much better players than me. Yeah. But you were doing all of that and we were traveling every weekend and most weekends for hockey, we were traveling in Chicago and you, we would like get to the rink and we'd drop you and Tyler off and you and Tyler, cause you had to be there so early and you would help them do everything. And the girls and I would take off and go to target or go do something else. So there was just all of this time spent with you and him And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, now mom has to do all of these things. And mom doesn't know how to put any of my stuff on. Like, I can remember having to have a whole session on like, how do I dress him? I have no idea how to do any of this. Like, you know what I mean? So I think for him, it was probably felt the most in just because you, you spent so much physical time with him. So true. Yeah. Yeah. But I I mean, I don't hear a lot. I guess we haven't really asked them a lot yeah, no. about how it impacted them. So mm-hmm. it would be interesting conversations to go back and sit them down and force them to talk. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Tell us. Tell what us was what, it, it? what did it really do to you? Yes. 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 All right. Well, that's the kids, but let's go back to just you and me. And I guess the impact that long distance has on a marriage. So mm-hmm. everything from communication to our expectations to like whether or not we felt like we grew apart because of the time, stuff like that. Um, What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think long distance relationships, I think some people can probably 
do them better than other people. Um, I think it's hard no matter what. I don't ever think for a married couple it's a good thing for any length of time um, by any stretch of the imagination. But I think there's probably people that maybe could do it better than we did it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I think some of it, I mean, I don't, I'll, I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but I think some of it for me and my personality is that I can get very independent and I can get very much, um, I, I don't mind being busy and I don't mind a lot having a lot on my plate. And when I have a lot on my plate and there's a lot to do because the, I had a lot on my plate. So I had three kids heavily involved. I mean, I, I go back and look at some of the blog posts that I wrote, look at some of my Facebook memories as they pop up. And I mean, I, we had three kids heavily involved. So I can remember there was like one that was like, I was up super early to take a kid to track practice in the morning and then came back home to get somebody ready to get them someplace and then had to come back to get Tyler to school. And it was like before 8.30 a.m., I had felt like I'd been up for six hours doing, and, and I was still working. I mean, I was still working full-time. So I was working full-time. I was running three kids all around creation. Um, and I can very easily get into a mindset that if it's just me, I just, I'm where I think most people would, but I step up to the plate and it's like, I'm just going to do this. I don't, there's not a choice. I have to do it. I mean, we had some great friends. I had great support around me. So there were times that I couldn't be at something because I had one kid in, in Ohio playing soccer and another kid in literally Chicago playing soccer. And so it was like, well, will you take this kid and I'll be there for the game tomorrow, but I'm going to take this kid to Chicago and do soccer. And then I'm going to come home and drop them off. And then I'm going to go to Ohio the next day. So, I mean, without that, I, I don't know what we would have done, right. To have that support. Yeah. But I think I just got to a, a point where I almost turned into like, I don't really need you. Like I, I'm doing this on my own. I've managed it. It's fine. Like I don't, I'm, we're good without you. You know what I mean? So I, you're, and it's funny because I can think back, I think you and I have had this conversation, but I can think back to like when the kids were really little and I would have these expectations of the things that you were going to do to like help out around the house or to help with the kids or whatever. And when those expectations didn't get met, I would get really, really frustrated. And that was on me because a lot of times I didn't even, I didn't communicate those expectations. I just had them in my head of like, well, you should why wouldn't you do like, don't you just see that it needs to be done? And like, why wouldn't you do that? And I can remember saying to you back then, like if you would go away for a work trip or something like that, I'm like, sometimes it's almost easier if you're gone because I have no expectations of you. I just know I have to do it all. And so there's just no expectations there. So I don't get mad or frustrated or irritated because it's me and I have to do it all. And it's no big deal. And so I, that's just, I think my, where I can go personality wise. So I think that's me and my personality where some people I don't sure, think would go there, right? Sure, but let's let's play that out though. And so you're feeling that way. You're feeling like, yes, this is a lot, but I've like I can do it. I just have to get it done. Mm -hmm. But didn't it quickly start to burn you out? Yeah, I because mean, because people can't live at that level yeah, for but, long without it starting do. to impact. I mean, think about well, single yeah. moms; they do it every day, all day long. So for years and years and years on end, sometimes so. You know what I mean? Like people do it and yeah. But it I, takes a toll. It, sure. It takes a toll. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's what I'm asking. What, what toll did it take? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think by the end it was for sure. 
it, I was for sure at, I wouldn't say all the time, but I was for sure by the end, ex- some, at some moments exhausted and frustrated and irritated because I was having to do it all by myself. Um, and, and times where things didn't go the way I needed them to go, or there were problems or there were situations that happened and I didn't have help. I think I, that came, then I would get really frustrated and mad. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Like, what do you, I feel like you're trying to have me say something. So why don't you just say what you think it is that I need to say? No, I think, I think you're being very nice. I think you're downplaying it because like when I look back now, like I can't believe that you were able to do all the stuff that you did. Like, I don't think we thought through any of that well enough. Like we should have had conversations with family and with friends to like try to set up ways for them to help you because like, it wasn't just the day to day. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, there's a lot to do with three kids. It was having to sell the house and pack the house and figure out what stuff we were keeping and what stuff we were throwing away and what Mm -hmm. stuff you were going to sell on Facebook live or whatever it's called Facebook Facebook live, sell your stuff. (laughs) Oh my word. I mean, I think about all of those things and just the chaos of a house slowly getting packed up and wondering where, where did I put this? Where did I put that? And like, I just like, I look back and I just feel terrible because I can't imagine like what that must've felt like. Yeah. Well, and I would say that's probably, I mean, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I would say by the end and those last like couple of months is probably where things got the hardest the most tense for us. Like, because there was so much stress, there was so much to do. And I'm sure deep down there was this frustration of I am doing this all by myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you're in California getting stressed out because you're trying to find a house for us without me here. But in my head, I can remember thinking like, you have a, who can like, just figure it out. I don't care. Just do it. Like you have one job, like, that's all you have to do. So I'm pretty sure you can handle it. But you, that frustrated you because you like you're trying to please like you're like, it's not just me picking a house. I'm picking a house for you nope. that you're not going to get to see. And you're just going to be moving into. And if you hate it, it's on me. Like, it's my fault. I know that's what you were feeling. Oh, yeah. It's a no win situation. I'm I could care less what house I live in, but I'm having to pick out a house for a person who does care very deeply what their house looks like and what the square footage is and you know who fits in what room and all that kind of stuff yeah so yes but I but that was nothing compared to I think what you were doing back home so yeah so why don't you tell the story about the the straw that broke the camel's back which story is that yeah you you mustn't be as as easy to recall for you as it is for me I mean it was a phone call I got with you stressed out. Was it the the turtle thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there was a couple of them. There was that one. There was the washing machine or the dryer, the washing machine, I think, that broke in the middle of the night. So there was a couple of phone calls that that happened. I mean, so part of the issue, I think, to go back to is, um, and maybe we'll get to this, but, you know, communication-wise, 
it also got really hard because there's a three hour time difference. And I know a lot of people would be like three hours. It's no big deal. Just stop and think about it for a minute. When you're both working, you're on work schedules and you've got kids that you're running around and, you know, I get up in the morning and I might have some time in the morning, but Daryl's still sound asleep. And by the time he's up and might have some time before work, I'm deep in my day. And then by the time the, like we would sit down for dinner and Daryl's in the middle of his work day, you know? So then by the time the kids are ready to go to bed, he's maybe off of work. Maybe like that would really the only time we would find where we could have like conversations would be at night. But then a lot of times our nights were packed full of running kids around and stuff like that. But so yeah, there and were for a while I had a hour and a half commute. Yeah, that's true. There, there and back. That's true. I forgot about Luckily, that. Luckily that didn't last the yeah. entire time I was there, but that is true. Yeah. So yeah. So, I mean, there were a couple of times where things got super stressful, super fast. And I think it was just probably a lead up of me at a certain level all the time. And then, you know, something wouldn't go right or something would break. And so one of the situations was Rachel had two turtles at that point in her room. And I can't even remember what happened. Like the, uh, why filter stopped working. Right. But I was, that's what I'm trying to remember. Like, I know it stopped working, but I was like, did she, was she trying to clean it? Like, did we take it apart for like, I just can't remember if it just randomly stopped working and then we took it apart or if she was cleaning it and then was trying to put it back together and we couldn't get it to start. So that piece, I don't remember, but it's late, like it's later in the evening, like, like bedtime probably for her. And all of a sudden this filter stops working and we're trying to figure it out. And so we had already spent like probably an hour or more on our own, trying to figure it out, trying to look at things, trying to get it to work. And I think you were the one who helped her set everything up and had done all of that with her. I had really been out of that process. So I didn't really know anything about it. And I'm just getting more and more and more frustrated. It's late at night. She's frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I think I called and was like, hey, and I'm sure you could tell probably the minute you picked up the phone, like I was kind of already at my wits end. (laughs) And I was why that's why I called it the straw that broke. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't like I need you to help me. And, you know, you're on the other end of the country. Like, well, try to tell me what's we probably were on FaceTime and I'm trying to show you and you couldn't help us figure it out. And I think I was so irritated with you by the time the phone call was done. I just was like, well, you're no freaking help. Like this was useless. Like, why did I even call you? Like, you know, and all I'm like Uh, thinking to myself, like these turtles, I'm sure in my head, it was like, these turtles are going to die tonight because I can't fix the filter. You're no help to me. You left anyways. Like this is all useless. Like, you know, and I don't even know. I can't even remember. I don't, I literally cannot remember if I got up the next day and and bought, bought a new filter or if we figured it out. Like, I don't even know now. Do you remember? No. And I'm sure part of your stress was feeding off of Rachel because Rachel gets very nervous about Mm -hmm. her turtles and, you know, she probably thought they would die if Mm -hmm. if the filter, Mm -hmm. those turtles, turtles, I think could live through a nuclear Holocaust. Well, I mean, think about the fact in the wild, they live in ponds that are full (laughs) of freeze and freeze in the winter. Yeah. Yes. They would have been fine. They were fine. They were totally fine. I think I just went and bought a new filter the next day. Yeah. But so there was that situation. And then there was another situation I can, I can very clearly remember that it was the situation where I had been in Chicago with a kid, 
playing, I think at a soccer tournament or in Indianapolis or somewhere I had been with her. I had been like two to three hours away. And Tyler was in Ohio, two to three hours, the opposite direction with friends of ours at a soccer tournament. And I, I think I'd come home. I had to get Allie's uniform washed because I think she had a game the next day and she was going with friends and I was going to Tyler's. So it was literally like I was coming home, getting her stuff washed so she could be off the next day. And I was going to go to Ohio and it's late at night. It's like super late. I start her uniform going and I think the washer just wouldn't drain. And I'm like, so I think I, I think that was another time that I called you and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't like that. All the stuff is just wet. Like, it's just all wet. What am I like? How do I fix this? And I think it again, you were like, you couldn't help me fix it. You didn't know what was wrong with it. Like you're trying to walk me through some things and I'm just getting more and more and more and more frustrated. Mm -hmm. And again, (laughs) it was just like, well, you're useless. Like, I don't, I don't know what the point of this is. So, and I'm sure like, and that's the way you feel on this end is mm -hmm. you feel worthless because it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, you can't, like, if I was there, I could probably try six different things to at least see it still may not fix it, but at least I could try. Right. And when you're on the phone and you're just trying to like offer suggestions and and it's not working, it's just. And you're managing my stress probably like in that too. Like, I'm sure you could feel my like stress just going up and up and up and up and up and up. So, oh yeah, and obviously, like I mean, you know, after you like calm down and you just were like, well, I guess we're just gonna pull the clothes out of the washer and wring them out and put them in the dryer and hope for the best. Like, I mean, you figure it out, and then the next day you're like, okay, well, that was probably I probably didn't need to get that worked up. But the funny thing is, is both of those things happened late at night after probably super long days, knowing what I was going into the next day, right? So it's like you're always working at this like. You're always at the top, like right at the top of like ready to go over the edge, you know? And so one little thing, like, just like puts you over there. So, yeah. yeah. And that's just a good illustration of life in general. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you live too close to that edge all the time, Mm -hmm. it's just too easy to go over the edge. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Let's finish up this section. I did want to talk a little bit more about communication though, because you mentioned that and just like, you know, different schedules and the time zone and that all that stuff kind of played into us having conversations. I think like when I look back, I feel like we could have done that better and probably more on my end than on yours, because you, you were the one that was busy and you were the one that had a lot going on. And I mean, I take work seriously. And so like in my head, I probably wouldn't call during the day just because like, well, I'm working, Mm -hmm. but looking back, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. I could have called you at any point during the day. I mean, if I wasn't in a meeting, who really cares? Mm-hmm. Walk outside, make a phone call. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think I did it as much as I should have because I think we, I think that kind of started to build up on your end too, is just like, well, he's just there having fun. He doesn't like, he doesn't want to call us because he's having fun and, and we're here, you know, living life. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I'd be interested to know you're honest like opinion on this, but I would say when you and I are apart, we are not very good communicators. Would you agree with that? Like, even if we're gone for like, you're on a, you go for two days, you go away or I go away for two days. And I guess it depends on what somebody's definition of like great communicators is because you and I, if you go away for a couple of days or I go away for a couple of days, most of the time, we don't even talk on the phone during that time. We might text, but or we might like it. Like when I went to see <laughs> when I went to see Rachel for right. how long was I gone? Four days, three days? No, you were only gone like 
two days. I mean, you left on a Saturday and came back on a Monday. So that was a very quick trip. And we did FaceTime. But we FaceTime one That night. time. But like that's when you went to Indiana. You were just in Indiana for what, three days, two or three days. I didn't FaceTime you at all. I didn't talk to you on the phone the entire time you were gone. I think we just texted maybe at night. Yeah. So, and again, I mean, I don't, because I look at people who, when they go away and they're not with their spouse, they have to call each other every day. And I'm like, really, you have to call each other every day. Like why? I don't understand (laughs) that, but I don't know. Like, I don't know where the right, I mean, it's probably different for every couple, But I think for us, that was part of it is we both, I think, have very independent streaks in us. And we both can be very independent people on our own. And so the minute we're not with each other in the same house coming home and you hate talking on the phone, you don't want to do it. So it's not something you're naturally drawn to anyways, right? I mean, it's just like, I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. But I think, I think that is part of what got us in trouble, to be honest, was the longer we were apart, the less we communicated, you know what I mean? Or it would literally, we'd be communicating over text. And I'm like, I haven't talked to you in person in six days. I mean, I think it literally got to that at the end. Yeah. I think that communication piece probably did play into it. Like you're right. It is very easy to be independent and just like we start doing the things we have to do. And then we communicate just on like the tactical stuff, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I need to text her because we have to do this or yep. we have to do that. Yep. And so it just becomes like two robots, just making sure that we're both in sync, mm-hmm. but not relationally mm-hmm. in sync, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And especially at the end, cause there was so much to do at the end that it, I think it became very tactical. It just became about the stuff that had to get done and decisions that had to be made and what we were going to do about, with things. So, yeah. And I'm sure that plays into the, the way that the kids experienced it too, because if they, if they saw too much of that, mm-hmm. they can probably pick up on that and just mm-hmm. feel like, wow, mom and dad don't even really like each other. They're just, they're just having to solve problems all mm-hmm. day. Well, and the reality so. is, is even when you would come, I mean, I can re- literally remember feeling when you would come back like not at the very beginning but when it got to be like probably after spring maybe it even started a little before spring break because I can remember the beginning of spring break you came back for spring break and you were home for a while because we did a trip with friends to Florida and I remember the beginning of spring break feeling awkward so just like this it just feels awkward with you it doesn't feel normal but by the end we were good But I think after that, things just ramped up because we knew we were headed into like lots to get done. And when you would come back, I can literally remember feeling like you are literally in my way. Like you're throwing my entire schedule off. You would come back and didn't have a car. So that wasn't really helpful. You know, it's like there was another person in the house, but we still only had one car in the house. And I can literally just remember having these feelings of like... I was, I would always be so excited for you to come and then you would get there and I'd just be like, this is, you're just in my way. Like you're just causing more work now is what I would feel like at times, which Mm -hmm. is so sad when I think back about it, but that's literally how I think I felt by the end of it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm talking about because like later on, after we were back together in California, I think these are the kind of things that started coming out in Mm -hmm. in short conversations. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that I knew to that level, like how, how strong you felt or how bad it had gotten Mm -hmm. toward the end. So, 
So you didn't feel any of that? Like you, did you, would you no, say I'm looking sure back, you felt like, oh yeah, the relationship was good. We were solid. No, I'm sure I felt it. Just, you know, the phone calls, like I said, about the, the turtle tank and that, you know, that level of stress, like I think that started to show through. And so like, I knew that things weren't great, but I was probably focused more on it just being like, yeah, this sucks. We just have to get through it. Mm-hmm. And, and less about the relationship and the like the potential damage it was doing to the relationship and more just, you know, we just have to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're both stressed out. So yeah. Fun. Good times. Yeah. Good times. So I want to switch into like when we all got to California and how things, how we kind of worked through that. But I'm going to run back real fast to those signs because this is where I feel like <laughs> it impacted us. Um, under the five signs that a long distance relationship is not right for you. Uh, the first one was you rely on physical intimacy to feel close to your partner. And I think if I've learned anything about myself over time, it's that physical touch is important to me. And so I feel like even though we were flying back and forth, and so we obviously had physical contact mm-hmm. from, you know, from time to time, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just not the way it is when you're in person mm-hmm. all the time, every day. And like, mm-hmm. you can kiss every once in a while and you can like rub each other's shoulders, mm-hmm. whatever. There's always that physical touch. And then it's when it's happening naturally throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when there's like big chunks of time without it, I think it's just interesting that that's on the list of of reasons a long distance relationship might not be right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other one? I don't think there was any more on that list other than, well, so you're already facing communication problems. So I wouldn't say that we had communication problems, but I'm sure we weren't like a hundred percent best communicators in the world. Yeah. So whatever, communication issues we had prior to the long distance relationship Mm -hmm. just got worse. It was Mm -hmm. just made worse by that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think those, I think those are the two that I just wanted to kind of highlight from, from the list. Mm -hmm. No. And I mean, I think like in total vulnerability and honesty, and again, maybe it's just us and I can't specifically remember, and this might be TMI for some people, I don't know, but it's, (laughs) But I think when you're away from somebody like that, like the physical touch piece of it, you know, and you go even further with that, right? It's like, it can either, when you're away and you come back together, it can even, it can either be like, oh my gosh, we're so excited to be back together. And there's like that draw, or you get so used to being apart that then you come back together and it's like, this just feels weird and awkward almost. And I think mm-hmm. we got to some, at times it was almost like that. Like this just feels weird and awkward, you know? Yeah. Or again, I think one of us might've had expectations. So we'd come back together and somebody's got some expectations in their head of how that time is going to go. And then, and maybe this is more me because I tend to do this, I think more than you do. And then it doesn't go that way. And then you're just frustrated and you're just like, well, see, this is ridiculous anyways. So why did I, why do I even care that he's here? Like, you know what I mean? So right. I think I, I know that happened for me at least once in there. So. Yeah. All right. So fast forward, we all make it to California. There's a crazy story about me immediately flying to Utah for a retreat with the church that I was working for. Um, but then when I got back from that, um, obviously we were all together and it was summer, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that actually worked out very well because mm-hmm. as a family, we were able to do a ton of stuff together during the summer, do a lot of exploring, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so how would you say, did things just pretty quickly go right back to normal? Did it take a while? What do you I think? think it took a while, but I think one of the best things that we did and our kids still like laugh about it and kind of make fun of it. Literally, Rachel just the other day was like, she was like, yeah, when I tell friends that we drove to California, you know, most people when they're moving, they like ship their cars and they fly when you're moving across the country. But that yeah. we drove in our minivan with it packed to the tilt with five people in it, like so with that, no cell service yeah. half the time. So that's one of the decisions that we made that I think was probably one of the best decisions that we made was that we were going to, and I don't, I think when we made it, it was just more of a like, oh, this will be fun. We want to see things along the way. This is stuff that you, some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff you had seen, but none of us had seen. And this was like a perfect time to go sightseeing kind of. So I don't really think we made it with the intention of like, oh, this will connect our family. No, for but, me, for yeah. me, it was just more of a practicality thing. Yeah. Like we have a vehicle. I don't want to ship this vehicle. Yeah. We had stuff that we had to bring. Yeah. Like it was a packed vehicle. Yeah. So practically it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think you were the one that suggested, well, if we're going to be doing that, we may as well like stretch it out into like more of a vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I think I sat down and started plotting out, well, if we're going to make it a vacation, then here's all of the places between here and there yeah, that, we're, that, we're that we could see. see and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we realized the level of like, it was almost like a transition period, mm-hmm. For a sure. forced transition to like bring us back together and mm-hmm. force us to to talk and mm-hmm. hang out yeah I mean because we were in a car so I mean we were <laughs> in a car to I mean we were together as a family 24 7 for four or five days is what it took us to get as what we spent to get out here you know you're spending long periods of time driving you know we had funny I mean we told you guys some of the stories that happened to us we had like true like bonding moments because of some crazy stories that happened to us along the way and we got to experience and do things that you again had done some, but none of the rest of us had experienced or got to do those things. And so I think it was this like time of like, okay, we're all back together and it's not normal routine. There's not the stress of work. There's not right. There's not the stress of being, it just, it just felt like we were going on vacation. Like, Oh, we're just going on vacation. You know, there's all the emotion of leaving, right. There's all of that, that had just happened and say goodbye to all these people that we loved. But then you also just felt like you were going on vacation because it was all fun for five days, you know, though some of our friends make fun of and say that our whole first summer here was just like a vacation that we just treated it like we were on vacation for the whole summer. It did kind of feel like vacation (laughs) for the first year we were here. Yeah. Yeah. When you're driving around (laughs) with palm trees and nice weather. So that's, I mean, one of the things I would definitely I think recommend to anybody if you were doing something like this because you had to because of a situation like us is that you take some time together at the end of it when it's all done that you take some time away and you reconnect your family and I think that only happens when you're someplace where you're stuck in a car together or you're stuck in places like you said that you don't have self-service or you don't especially nowadays right but that you really make you make time and you make it a priority to spend time and watch the reconnection. I mean, I think the kids reconnected with you, you and I started to reconnect because it was, I mean, those last 
even when you came home, even though you were home for three weeks, they were high stress weeks. I mean, mm, yeah, by the time you sure. got back to Indiana, I think you and I were both stressed beyond belief. Um, and then you came back and it was like full into stress mode. And I think some of that calmed a little as soon as we sold the house and moved out of the house and everything was like on its way to California. And we were just there for a week finishing things up while the kids were at camp. I think things started to decompress then, but it was still emotion because we're living in, yeah, right. it's your hat. You know, you're having to say goodbye to people. You're doing all your last goodbyes with everybody. Um, so I think that was the best thing we did was to make that trip together. And then I think once we got here, it just slowly over time just started to build. I mean, yeah, we got here and you left, you know, literally like we pulled into California and pulled into our new house and did like a walkthrough of our house, let the kids look at bedrooms and kind of decide which bedrooms they wanted. And none of our stuff was here yet. So, I mean, you had, you had the, like one of the cars was here. You had parked one of the cars like in the garage, right? Like, so you had, we had keys and stuff to everything, but so literally did that. And then yeah, we spent, we spent the night on the floor, didn't we? No, you spent the night I on the I spent the night on the floor. You guys drove back we drove to hang to, out with friends with, or no, family. Our aunt, my aunt and uncle. Yeah. yeah. So we literally got in a car, we dropped you at the house and then we took the van and drove an hour and 45 minutes, an hour and a half away to go stay with my aunt and uncle. Cause we had none of our stuff. So right. our stuff was all getting delivered like the next day. So then the kids and I got back in the car, drove back to our place to have all of our stuff delivered and Daryl wasn't here. So it was there, you know, they came in, we had people come in and bring everything in and they would kind of put boxes in rooms, like put those boxes in this room and these boxes. And, and, and sorry, that's my um, Apple watch. It's wanting to talk to you all. Um, but, but we were basically living on mattresses on the floor while you were gone because I was I didn't put, I guess I could have tried to put a bed together, but I'm like, I'm not putting a bed together. Like that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. So literally the kids and I slept, I think on mattresses, some of them slept on our mattress with me in our room, but we literally just, we put some things away. I think we got the whole kitchen put together. So we mm -hmm. did some things we didn't do any of the, and we didn't have a couch at that point. We had, I mean, we literally came with beds and dressers, but we came with no family room furniture. So we were literally, I think sitting in folding chairs, or on the floor, you know, and I knew nothing. I knew nowhere. So like we're driving, I'm driving around trying to figure out everything out. Like it, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> ridiculous to be honest. Oh, so, so good. And I, I think you were gone like what, three or four, three days, maybe four days. I can't remember. At how least many days you were it was gone. almost a week. I yeah. Think. So, and then came back and then it was like full you know, like, okay, now we got to get this house put together and all that. But the nice piece about that, I think the other really helpful piece about that when we came, when we moved is we moved in the middle of June is when we, we actually pulled into California and I still had my Indiana job, but it was all remote at that point. And I didn't work again, like in person at a job in California until January. And that wasn't the plan. The plan was that I would start working like in August or September, but that's just not how it worked out. But I think the best thing was that I was off that summer because I was able to, I mean, the kids had nobody, they had, they didn't know a soul. So, I mean, they started going to church and getting involved in church, but it gave me this, it gave us the summer to settle our kids, to settle our family, to do fun things together. I mean, we did a lot of fun things on the weekends. We saw a lot of things we, yeah, I mean, 
we did all sorts of good things. And then to get them settled and, you know, get the school year started. I think that was another really good decision that just happened. It just kind of, na- I, I think God just kind of worked it all out. Wasn't the plan. I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to still have my Indiana job. Actually, that was all supposed to be done before we left. And it just didn't happen that way. But I think that was all, it was all a really good thing. Yeah, true. So a couple questions and we'll just kind of throw out recommendations for people who might be in a similar situation, but two big questions. So in terms of like damage, do you feel like damage was done to us, to our kids? Is it damage that was like short-lived and then we've grown out of it? Or is there, do you think there's residual damage that, you know, we may deal with moving forward? What do you think? Um, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't, I don't, that's a hard question because again, I think I go back to just personalities for us. I think what it showed both, I can speak for myself. I don't know what you would say, but I think what it showed me is that if I'm not with you on a regular basis, I could very easily grow apart from you. And I could very easily just get into my own routines and my own life and, and do that. Um, so I think I have that in the back. I, I think it, I mean, I think maybe one of the things you could say might be like a side effect or might be a negative thing from it is I have that in the back of my mind and I know I can do it. And so maybe there's this thing in the back of my mind that's like, well, I mean, I know I can do it. Like, I don't really need him, right? Like, do I really need him? You know what I mean? I want him around. I like to have him around. It's helpful. I like having somebody there, but do I really need him? I don't know. Like, but I don't, it's not like something that's conscious, but I think it's there because I think that six months showed me. And again, I think that's just a personality thing for me. It's just, I don't know where that comes from or why that is because I enjoy like, I don't, I want to be married. I don't want to live a single life at all. I have no desire to do that, but I think it's just that piece of me. It's like, but you can do it if you need to do it and you're capable and it actually would be just, you'd be fine. You'd be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What would you say? Like, do you feel like, what do you think it, for you? Is there still damage? Is there still those effects there? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think looking back, I, I know that it's not a good thing because I spent the, the first part of it. I spent living with the relatives that mm-hmm. you stayed with that first mm-hmm. night. So that was, you know, it's like I had a ready-made family. There was people there to talk to at night, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was good. But then the second half of it, I literally lived in a an apartment that um, the church was kind enough to let me use because they they realized how far I was driving every day. And they're like, that's ridiculous. We have this place. You know, why don't you stay there for the rest of the time? Which was good because the, the drive was only 15 minutes to work every mm-hmm. morning. But I would say it was probably a bad thing just because it allowed me to be too introverted because I contended mm-hmm. to head that direction. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so that last that last part, not only was I missing you guys and being home, but I was also locking myself away and introverting myself, you know, in this apartment. And that probably just wasn't good for me in terms of mental health because it just, you just have a lot of time to sit and think. And not only are you sitting and thinking, but then you're also like, I'm just ruminating about the whole house situation and about soccer clubs and things that I really had no control mm-hmm. over because I hadn't 
met with people and I hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, really started the process, but yet I was still stressed out over it because I knew that it was going to be a difficult thing mm-hmm. from people that I had talked to in the area. They're like, oh yeah, it's, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's probably the, the difficulty I would say. Yeah. That, that's interesting to think of because like when I think back to even like our converse, this doesn't really have to do with this, but like our conversation since we've been here about you and your need for people or your non need for people, other people besides your family in your life, like it makes me wonder if that's where it started now. Like if it started in those times that you were here when you were by yourself that it's that it started there with you and you got really used to that and that got very normal to you. And so it's like, well, that got comfortable and now that's what I'm comfortable with. I don't know. Comfortable not being around people. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Being a little more isolated, being more introverted, being home and not necessarily needing to be around other people outside of us. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I look at it more as damaging because I was all by myself, period. Mm-hmm. Like there was no family around. Mm-hmm. But when family's around, like I, I think I'm just more the kind of person that attaches to like the close knit family, the, the, the immediate family. Mm-hmm. And then I don't really need anything beyond that. We, but but in that we, we debated about though, that. But go ahead. <laughs> but in that but in that period of time, not only was I not close to my immediate family, right. but I didn't have people either. Right. Or I chose not to be around you other chose people. Chose not to be around other people because you know I I moved here and they all all had their own lives and they all had their own routines and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm I'm not good at just injecting myself into other people's routines. Mm-hmm. So it was just very easy to to crawl inside my little cave and stay there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to think through that stuff. So. All right. Well, let's finish up with recommendations. So if if somebody listening is either thinking about or is in the middle of a similar situation, what would you, you already made one recommendation. What was that? That you plan a trip that you plan. Oh, yeah. So coming out of the long distance relationship, Mm -hmm. a a transition period. Mm -hmm. What else would you recommend? I mean, I think there, and and this is another funny thing about me. We I've told you guys this before that I'm on the Enneagram, I'm a seven. And so I am always looking for something new and different and fun and exciting. And so I think before it actually happened, there was a small piece of me that was like, oh, this will be fun. This will be different. This will be exciting. Like it's different. It's something out of the ordinary, it's something new. Like it, it'll be great. I literally think that's, I had that thought process in my head because, you know, life gets boring when you do the same thing day in and day out. So, (laughs) but that's really not the case. It, it gets, yeah. So I I think what I would say in all of it is if you have kids, you need to have a conversation with them. If they're old enough to have a say, I'm glad we gave our kids a say. I think they're glad we gave them a say as much as you can though, again, if they're old enough, I mean, depending on what age they are, right. If they're tiny, it's not going to matter. Even if they're early elementary, it's probably not going to matter too much, but if they're old enough to really explain to them what it's really going to look like and mean though, because I think we had the conversation, but we didn't. And because we hadn't done it, I just don't think we thought of it. Right. Like we didn't lay out for them. Like you understand it means 
dad's not going to be here for dinner. And it means we may not talk to dad every day. And it means like that, you know, to put in place some of those expectations. And again, I don't think we did a great job at that. I think you, we could have done you, I, you, all of us could have done a much better job at staying connected and having set times of like, we will talk to you every night at this time, come hell or high water. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what we're doing. There will be a stop time and we will be having a conversation with all of us. And we did that sometimes for dinner. I can remember like putting you, FaceTiming you at dinner and we would be sitting down having dinner and you'd be on FaceTime. But I would say there needs to be very clear expectations going into that, that time apart. I mean, I wouldn't suggest it if you don't have to do it. But if you feel like it's right for your kids and your family because of whatever, then there needs to be very clear expectations. There need to be communication expectations set there. There needs to be, you need to know when you're going to see the other person, what that's going to look like, how that's going to be, what, I mean, as much as you can plan it and talk to each other and be in constant communication. I mean, I think you need to have better communication when you're away from each other than you do when you're with each other. Right. That's what I would say. Like, because it's so easy for it to start to fall away, especially when you're raising kids in that area, that if you don't just be like, no, we we are going to talk, we're going to maybe talk more often than we think we should, because we have to make sure we stay connected. Right. Because if you're not having any of the physical, if none of the physical stuff is happening and you're not talking to each other, then again, that's where my brain goes. Why? Why am I doing this again? Like, what is the purpose of this relationship? Mm. Why am I in a relationship? You know? So. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I would say like to really, really think it through to have a trip set aside, to make sure you have family time and to make sure that there are clear expectations going in as to what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's good. I would say there's probably two things that I, that I would say first is with kids to probably communicate with them more. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I communicated with you. And then, like you said, there were times where we would do like, you know, FaceTime or whatever. Um, But I probably needed to communicate more with them Mm -hmm. one-on-one just so that they knew that they were important Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I just, this just came to me just now is it would have been a good idea like when I did fly back to make a point of us doing something together where we had to kind of all be together. Mm -hmm. Like I remember times I think where I would fly back and I would just come in and everyone would be doing their own thing. They all had their own plans Mm -hmm. and I would just sit there like, and I did feel like a fifth wheel. Like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of just here, Mm -hmm. you know, and everyone else has their life. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder if it would have been good to like, you know, go out to eat together and, literally have a two hour meal and family conversation mm-hmm. just to like unpack the yeah. previous three or four weeks or something yeah, like that. No, but I agree. I agree. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, those are, those are kind of the two of the things that I think I'm sure there's hundreds of other recommendations we could make, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Having a good plan, communicating, thinking through the way that it impacts not only you, but you and your family and your kids as well, probably. Yeah, absolutely. And don't do it for long. I mean, that would be my recommendation. It needs to be, if you, if you have to do it, it needs to be a short term thing. That's true. If you can keep it under six months, Mm -hmm. maybe at least, at least in our situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and granted there was craziness with the house, selling the Mm -hmm. house and having to do all that stuff. But, um, 
yeah, six months was a really long time. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. There you go. Peoples. There you have it. Awesome. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up long distance relationships. So (laughs) thanks for agreeing to come on. Of course. It was fun having you. Um, Next week we will continue with conversations with family. Um, I believe Tyler is up next. So we will chat with him next week and I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about. You'll just have to come back and find out. So, but yeah, this is a fun month. Glad we're doing this. Glad you were able to join us. Um, There are references in the show notes if you're interested. So go back through, look through those, those lists, the seven stages, five signs that long distance relationships are or not right for you. If you're interested and that's it. So have a great week, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. And as always, keep transcending human. For more information on Transcend Human or the Transcend Human podcast, visit us at transcendhuman.com. There you'll find all of the podcast episodes along with the show notes. You'll find blog posts and other resources that will be helpful to you. You can also find our social media links there, and you can contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. And finally, we would love it if you would share the podcast with friends and family. Uh, If you do have an extra minute, stop by Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a rating and a review. That always helps to boost us in the rankings and ensure that more people find us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next week.